in five, four, three, two. Hello, welcome to the Bink Film Podcast. I'm your guest, Joshua Rivers. <laughs> I want so badly to be something more. And across from me is your host, Eric Gordonberg, the EGB. Uh, on this episode, so recently we talked about what it takes to be an independent filmmaker and some of the highs and lows from our sound guy himself, the EGB. Today we're going to talk about exclusively sound and what it is in film, what it takes, what it does, what you do, what it means to make sound and music all sound absolutely amazing in film. So we'll kick this off right away. Uh, we already covered a little bit of your backstory in uh, in our previous episode where we talked about uh, uh, independent filmmaking and how you got into it. I wanted to talk to you about what goes into the actual sound design and how you how you know what is right for each scene. So let's let's start there. When you are given a film, when you and Michael are making a film, what goes through your head prior to to anything, right? How, how do you know what you're going to do from a music and a sound perspective? So when you're preparing to do sound on an indie film, you have to plan a lot because okay. there's going to be some things that you didn't account for. Things like extra microphones, um batteries yep <laughs> lots i would imagine lots of batteries um, does it start when you figure out the genre like when somebody to like he says hey eric we're gonna make a a very serious somber film in your head are you already like okay cool i, I think i know what to not do really it. oh really no. okay I, I think when you're preparing to do sound for a film the main focus is going to be the dialogue okay generally speaking so a lot of times uh, most times, when you hear background noise in movies, that wasn't from that okay. location. So basically, the way it'll work is someone will take a boom pole and record the dialogue. It's the guy standing up like this. Records the dialogue. You take that dialogue, clean it up, get it ready. And then from there, you can go in and add in your background sounds. So, for example, okay. when we worked on Little Pictures... We shot it in a church, but we turned this area to look like a lobby in a hospital. Which was really impressive, to be honest. It Thank looked you. really good, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it, it really turned out nice. And I think that, not trying to brag, I think that for a big part of what sells a fake set in a movie is the sound. Because if you just shoot that scene and it looks like a waiting room, it's like, okay, yeah, they're in a waiting room. But if you add in there a little beep, beep. Yeah, the sound know? effects that come and from like, the hospital. Yeah, you hear like chatter and people walking through doors and phones ringing. It's like, that's a hospital. You, you wouldn't know? want it as quiet as a yeah, and church? No. <laughs> and some churches get really rowdy. But anyway. Oh, my God. My grandparents <laughs> hey, used to go to a church. Watch your mouth. Oh, my God. My, watch your mouth. Shut up. My grandparents used to go to a church that had like a full on like concert stadium. Like they yeah. had a full on yeah, band. Exactly. Not just like a little guitar player and a drummer at like your local yeah. community church. Like it was full on. You could a Metallica could have thrown a concert in there. Like the seating was unbelievable. It yeah. was unreal. But anyway, you can take sound and use it to elevate your scene to a completely different level. And it's one of those things where when you're the audience member and you're watching something like that. You don't think about, oh, I hear 
hospital sounds. Therefore, this is definitely a hospital. Right. It's all subconscious stuff that you pick up on. So when you sprinkle all of that into a movie and just any scene in particular, it sells it more. Yeah. It's one of those things that's when it's there, you don't really think about it. But if it wasn't there, you're like, this is the quietest hospital exactly. I've ever seen in my life. Exactly. Okay. So, so when the- you you get that, you get the film, you're going through, you're thinking about all the extras, right? The batteries, the the boom mic, the what, what's it going to sound like? What, what are we going to need? When do you realize what you're going to go for? When do you realize like, okay... This is the film we're making. This is what I'm going to go for. This is what how this is how I want this to sound. Is it as it's happening? Is it very much on the fly, or do you go into it with a kind of plan? You have to go into it with at least a rough plan. Okay. You have to when you're preparing the sound. You have to know ahead of time not only what am I going to need because when you go to shoot it, some of those sounds you might need to record in that location. Okay. And if you forget. You're kind of screwed. But you also want to make sure that you're not uh, sort of overstepping, you know? Like, if you go to make a movie and you have this idea, say say you want to shoot a war movie, a big battle. Right. There's going to be explosions and blah, blah, blah. And you go to shoot that, and it turns out great. And I'm just giving random examples. That, that's fine. I'm, I'm following. Say you can't find an explosion sound that fits... Right, you're not like, just gonna take a stick of dynamite to the woods. Yeah, again, and... this is a terrible example because there's plenty of sounds out there, but you know, it can become a real problem if you don't at least have somewhat of an idea of what you're gonna do. Right. Luckily okay. for indie films, it's pretty achievable because you know you're working with smaller sets. You're not working with like big crazy effects and things yeah. like that. So can the sound be too much at times? Can oh, you yeah. overpower a scene? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So sometimes you will watch a movie. If you work on them, you, you know, you'll pick up on things, notice things a little more. Yeah. Well, sometimes you'll see a scene where like every door handle and thing they grab is just like, and it's like that was clearly recorded after the fact. Because... Is that what people are referring to when they talk about? How um, Christopher Nolan gets a lot of flack for this because a lot of his films, it's hard to hear people talk. Is, is that a Nolan thing or is that a sound like design? Thing? Does he so, do, does he have a hand in that? Are you talking about Tenet? Tenet and even Oppenheimer. Yeah. There's parts where it's very hard there to hear is. what's happening. Is that the sound guy? Is that the music or the scene overpowering I th- it? I don't know, but I think because he had commented on that at one point for Tenet. Oh, he did. I, he I did. Yeah. Read that. I, I don't remember what it, what was said. I thought he did. Someone asked him about it, um, and I think I think he said, "Don't quote me on this." Oh, sure, of course. I think he said that it was more or less like a, a stylistic choice or taste, mm-hmm. which pretty much everyone is like, That's no. a shit style guy. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, like, <laughs> if I can't hear it, I can't hear it. You know, I don't care what yeah. the reasoning is behind it. Again, don't quote me on that. I have a really, like, vivid memory of hearing something So does about the that. director, obviously the director has final say on the oh, sound, yeah. I would yeah. imagine. So this poor sound guy is probably behind the scenes going, Chris, no. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But he's not going to say anything, you right, know? Because it's Christopher Nolan, yeah. right? You know, for His all trophy you, case is just yeah. stacked, right? For all you know, the sound guy never even met him, you know? Right, and okay. he's just working through people. And... Does that happen? 
in films where they bring in a sound person and it's just really after the fact and they're like, just make something happen with this. And he never meets really any of like um, the people involved in it. I think that happens all the time at an indie level because you have things like uh, Fiverr and there's all these websites and resources where you can go on there and just hire people. Yeah. Here's 20 bucks. I need this sound. I need this music. I need voice acting, you know? Right. So I obviously, I don't know at like a Hollywood level, but we haven't had to do that yet. Mostly because we try not to do things that we can't physically do. Try to keep know? it within the budget. Unless right? it's like within reason where, for example, like with Charlotte, I have some live string players playing on some of the music. Oh, cool. So like that's a an achievable like goal that I set for it. Yeah. But yeah, you could totally hire freelance people to do anything for sound on a movie and they would probably have no idea what you even did with it. Yeah. You know? So when you go into designing and and putting sound to a film and putting music to a film, what's the most what's the most important thing that you think of? What's what's the the biggest thing you're looking for to decide how you're going to make this movie come to life? So I'll rephrase that a little bit. The biggest telltale sign that your audio sucks in your indie film is when you can hear the cuts between oh. either camera angles okay. or if there was something, some like say the background noise, if you had put it in there and you changed it for whatever reason, if you hear like a little quick cut or like a crossfade sounds weird, stuff like that, even to people that really don't know much about music, it will throw them off. So like sometimes you'll see beginners doing indie films where they're having a conversation and then it cuts to the other person in the background noise. There's always, no matter what, even on this recording right now, there's a background noise. Some people... Mostly your chair. Yeah. Some people call it, can call it room tone. You know, it's basically just the... Yeah. Underneath. But usually that level is so quiet that you can't really notice it. You know, unless you put headphones on and you're in an isolated room, you're not really going to notice. But on a film... If you record something poorly or too far away from the source that it's coming from, you'll capture more of that sound. So if you record a scene that has two camera angles and you're moving the boom mic for each take and on the one take you're further away from the guy and then on this take you're right up on him, this volume's lower than this one. So now... To match them, I have to bring this one up. But when you bring that up, you're also bringing up... All the ambient <laughs> auto, yeah, audio. Yeah, you know, yeah. underneath. So then when it's cutting back and forth, yeah, their voices sound equal and even to each other, but there's this white noise in the background that keeps jumping in levels, and that's something that you have to be really careful of. And if you're not consciously aware of that, it's going to be a giant mess. I, I believe that. That, that would, seems like it would be just a nightmare. Like, it would be so hard to do, unless you're passionate about something like that, which you obviously are. I'm, I'm trying to imagine going through a film, and I'm, I'm thinking of a full-length feature, you know, 90-minute film where there's hours of footage and audio, and this person's got to go through and turn this up, but not quite too much, because that's going to come, okay, i got to turn that down, and he's yeah. got to do that. For, I mean, it's no wonder this process to make full-length feature films is, it, it, could, it could be years yeah, in some it could. instances. Yeah, um... 
And I'm by no means a, a sound expert, you know, like I've been doing music. In this room you are. I've been doing music for a long time, but when it comes to sound in film, I'm pretty amateur at this point, you know. That's we've, fair. We've done like four or five films. But to give you an example of what you were just talking about, we shot this scene for Charlotte where there's a guy standing outside a truck and he's talking to the person inside the truck. So to position the microphone outside at the guy talking, you're also capturing the sounds of the the wind blowing through the grass, airplane flying over, distant cars. That could be a benefit though, could it not, to catch that ambient sound to no, make it No, no, not at all. Okay. Because when the when the editor changes the camera angles, that camera is going to cut with the audio so what will happen is you'll hear a plane and then when it cuts camera angles the plane's just gone oh okay yeah that'd be harsh (laughs) unless of course unless they go in there and they change the audio too but no that's definitely not a good thing and that's what happened on this because then we had another microphone in the truck pointed at the guy that's sitting in the truck well then when i went to edit the audio the guy outside, like I had said, you could hear the airplanes and whatever, but he sounded great. It was like perfectly positioned. The guy in the truck sounded all muffled and it was, but it was way cleaner, but it just, it had like a completely different frequency spectrum. I don't know if the microphone got moved or what happened, but it was just, it did not match at all. So what we did is uh, we attempted ADR. I was just about to ask you, what is ADR and what's your experience with it? Yeah, I'll I'll touch on that after. So we, well, I guess I might as well just talk about it now. I was like, just go into it. Why would you wait till later? You literally just said it. Um, (laughs) Basically, it's when, if you see a scene in a movie where they're talking next to a highway. Sure. The dialogue you're hearing is not that dialogue. I need you to expand on that because that's a little bit above my... Why don't you hear the cars? You hear cars. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I do hear the but cars. But the cars though. sound great. Why don't you hear terrible cars? Does that make sense? Where it's like overpoweringly loud? Like it would be if and you were talking not, to a person next to the highway? Not, or? Yeah, not just that it's too loud, but that it's inconsistent. Like I was saying, when the camera's cutting, how come that one car driving by consistently drives by doesn't change like it doesn't you mentioned. change okay. yes exactly so let's talk about that so what happens is they have to go into a studio and re-record their lines and actors hate doing this i would imagine Rightfully that's gonna be a so. nightmare because not only is it a nightmare but it's also like hard i would imagine well that too but it's also really like lame like you're taking what was your performance and in the moment, it down. yeah, and then you're going into a, a studio and just like re-saying it, but it's not. That's got to be hard for know? like super emotional scenes. I, I mentioned this to Michael earlier today because we were talking about the movie Goodwill Hunting. And there's a scene where Matt Damon is sobbing into Robin Williams' shoulder. And it is quite clear that the audio you're hearing of Matt Damon, oh, I'm so sorry. Like it's not actually happening at that moment. His face doesn't move at all. Like his shoulders with his sobs, like the the body yeah. isn't reacting the way a person would if yeah. they were sobbing in that way. So that was probably one of two things: either the microphone couldn't get a clear enough angle. You said he was 
He's he's like yeah. hugging Robin Williams. And he's like sobbing into his shoulder. Yeah. So the microphone can't pick up his voice because his face is in, in his, shoulder. his shoulder. Yeah. Or I'm sure it was that one. But or as another example, um, they just didn't get the performance that they wanted, and you can't really see his lips moving. So they're like, why don't we try and get a little more, you know, emotion out of that? Like a personal approach to it. Yeah. And okay. it. Sometimes you never notice it, and other times you totally notice it. I you believe know? it. But we went and tried that on this scene in Charlotte, and it just didn't. It just didn't. Wasn't happening. It didn't feel right. Yeah. I don't know. It just didn't work. So we kind of had this little panic moment of like, we're gonna have to reshoot this. <laughs> yeah, but, but we can't. Yeah, it's oh, a, it's a it's year, a after year the fact? later. Oh no! His beard was shaved. Oh, it, like no. now it, it's shaved. He had it grown out in the movie. The leaves were changing. So we're like, what are we going to do? And I was like, I got this. <laughs> so I did some ridiculous wizardry to get this to work. And what I did is I took their two takes of audio for the guy in the truck. I. Basically just changed the EQ to make him match the other one. Okay. That was pretty much it. That's all that really needed to be done. Because the audio was was clean. What happened to this black magic sorcery that you were telling me about? And you're like, I changed the EQ. Oh, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay, okay. I thought that was the magic. No. And I was like, the problem, oh, yeah. <laughs> the problem was the other guy, Ray, standing outside. Because we got airplanes and all this stuff. Yeah, the, the sheriff. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I have a couple options here. I can just cut out the gap between his words. But then that means when he talks, there's a plane. It'll be subtle because it's covered up by his voice, but it's there. And it, I can very clearly, some people might not notice it. I felt like it was way, way too noticeable. But then there was another option. Tell us more. This is wizardry. There's technology that exists that can sample a sound and then remove only that sound over other sounds. Interesting. So what I did is I took a gap. Can I can I take a quick second here just to make sure I understand this correctly? So if you if you played like the sound of a song, like pick a song, any song, and played it into this technology and then tried to remove the drums, could it just remove all the Okay, well that that's a different technology. Okay. And that also exists. It's not great, but Okay. Kinda. That it's make sure I'm getting what you're saying. Yeah, here. it's okay. kind of the same concept because basically an EQ is just a it's a graph that shows all of the frequencies that we can hear and slightly beyond. Okay. okay. So when I'm talking right now, it's creating, it's showing where those levels are. So I can see it right behind you. That's not. That's not. That's not what you're talking about. No. I mean, it's similar, right? I guess, kind of, but volume. guess who's new to filmmaking? <laughs> That's volume. Okay. So basically, if if I have a really deep voice, the, the lower end is going up, and if I get like higher end, it goes up on this side. Right. So when you take an EQ, you can shape those sounds to like remove the bass, right? Is that it's what like, you did to make me sound like an idiot in that one TikTok? Okay, okay. So okay, best example when you're in your car, and you, everyone does this. It drives me nuts. They crank up the bass, crank up the treble, and then leave the mids in the middle. Don't ever do that. 
don't. That makes no sense. I don't do it, just so you know. So many people do that. I don't know what any of those knobs it doesn't mean make besides any bass, sense. but I, I I tune it to it sounds best, but I never leave the mids. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that that's an equalizer. That's what I'm talking about. That's okay. what it's doing. You just can't see the full okay. graph. Okay. So what you could do is try and find, so, say it's a low rumble. There's a low rumble. I could, in theory, take the audio where somebody's talking and cut that out, and it wouldn't really affect the sound of their voice because their voice doesn't get that low, assuming the rumble is that low. The problem is the sound that we were hearing in this recording covers basically the whole spectrum. Okay. So I use this technology from, this is from Adobe, where you take a sample of the white noise, it captures it as a, a sound print, and then you have a threshold you can adjust to how much you want to lower that across the whole track. Okay. And the more you go, the more it will obviously kind of yeah, yeah. make it sound weird. But I did that to clean it up a lot, but it didn't completely work because the noise was so bad. So then what I did is I took all of those gaps between where he was talking and I squished them together. So it was just that playing in a row and I crossfaded them. So they fade into each other. So you don't hear the cuts. In them. Yeah. You don't hear the cuts. I took that and I layered it under his voice with the cuts out between his voices. So it's seamless, just a seamless airplane. Yeah, and then audio. I, took the fader and I rode the fader as he was talking so that it comes in just enough that it matches the level while he starts talking and it naturally fades in and out. So basically the end result is I controlled the sound of that plane flying by and it worked. <laughs> That's unreal. That's a ton of work, an absolute ton of work. It's baffling to me because... Everybody knows how. Well, I won't say everybody knows, but actors are the are the, the the big money earners in Hollywood, and hearing about all of the stuff that goes into the sound design, and and later on when we talk to to Michael about the the camera shots and the cinematography, it, it seems like that can be infinitely more difficult. I mean, it. I think it can be infinitely more technical. How many hours did you spend on that? Just out of curiosity. Just on that. Yeah. Um, that didn't take too long. That was probably two hours, maybe. Two hours. But that's because I have the, the tools and experience to be able to, you know. See, in my mind, I would be staring at that for two days. Yeah, just like, what I am mean, I going to do, bro? <laughs> I mean, you would, if you didn't know how to do any of that stuff, you'd have to watch countless hours of tutorials and, you know, things to even... <laughs> To even understand how that stuff works, you know? If you don't That's understand crazy. what an equalizer is, how are you going to do that? Right. How are you going to do any of that? That's that's wild to me. Um, we had talked on a previous episode about trivia. I like trivia. And I have a little bit of su a surprise. I like Trivium, too. Shout out Trivium. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Shout out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm t I know it's going to annoy him, but I know. I'm totally okay with this becoming a thing. <laughs> okay. Um, so many people know that you are just desperately begging to be a co-host. Like, yeah. pathetically. Yeah, no. Pathetically? 
Yeah. I think the fans want it more than anything, okay? No. I have been so mellow this whole episode, and then we bring something like this up, and immediately I just jump to a 10. It, it's about to get exciting, okay? So I decided that I'll make a deal with you. Here we go. If you can pass the gauntlet... I'll kill a man. You can be per... In GTA. You, you can be permanent co-host. Okay. If you pass the gauntlet. What is the gauntlet? It's three rounds. You have to walk on hot coals. It's three rounds. It's a bicycle ride. It's three rounds. We're going to do one round. Okay. Five questions. Okay. You must get three out of five questions. I don't like this off the rip, To move on to the second round. Question one, go. All of the questions are trivia questions pertaining to... Star Wars? Attack of the Clones. No! I just scared the cat. Damn it. (laughs) I've seen that movie single digit times, dude. That's... (laughs) Single digit? Okay. They're pretty easy. Okay. This is cheeks. They're pretty easy. There's three rounds of Attack of the Clones. It's one movie. It's one 90-minute movie. It's not 90 minutes. It's a little bit longer than that. But it's one movie. Go. So you don't want to take the quiz. I want to take the quiz right here, right now. You get 60... No, you you get 30 seconds to answer. Okay? Who killed Django Fett? It's Mace Windu. Final answer. Correct. Complete this quote. Oh, God! I haven't felt you this tense since... Since we fell into that nest of blank. Gandox. What? Gandox. You're so close. Gandarks? It's Gundarks. Gundarks. I'm I'm gonna give you that. Th- one. I better get credit. No! Get that's credit. credit! That's credit! That's credit! That's credit! That's credit. Credit. I'm okay. already tilted to the tenth degree that I even have to f- do this. I want the credit. Okay. Ready? No. If you get one more. You passed already. Ask the question. Okay. <clears throat> Which way does the camera pan after the opening crawl? You have four options. Down, right, left, up. It's down because it follows the ship to Naboo. Not Naboo. Uh, Coruscant. Final answer? Yes. <laughs> what? It's up. No, it doesn't. It, it is. It's up. You'll just have to go watch it again. I don't want to. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> All right. Come on. If you get this one, I'm trying to figure out which one's harder. You're such a scumbag, Eric. Well, I don't want you to beat it before I even read all the questions. You know? Go. All right. Just go. I can't do this anymore. In the beginning of the film... Padme returns to Coruscant. Yeah. But her ship explodes. Yeah. However, her decoy takes her place and saves her life. Yep. Later that night, the assassin makes a second attempt. Mm-hmm. What is the name of that assassin? Oh my god. Tick tock. Oh my god. Tick tock. People. People are screaming right Fennec now. Fennec Shand. Who 
Who? Fennec Shand. Man. I know it's not Fennec Shand. I just said uh, a name. The correct answer is Zam Wessel. Yeah, I, I see. I've heard that name literally. <laughs> Fennec Shand. I don't even think. I don't even know who, who that is. That's just is, a name. isn't that the girl from. Uh... Boba Fett. It is, yeah, it is. I, it's just the name that popped into my head. It is. That's where I got it from. Like, she was a bounty hunter. She might be. Uh, uh, no, it, of course okay. it wasn't her. Um, I've heard that name literally maybe once, and I was like, oh, that's that bounty hunter's name. Wow, that's crazy. I, I don't even know if they say that name in the movie. They don't. I don't think they do. No, Fennec uh, Shand is in bounty is in a uh, Boba Fett and uh, and in the Mandalorian. She's the uh, she's the bounty hunter that has that sweet ass rifle that. She's taking shots at Terrible Mando. rifle. It's so dumb. <sighs> Insta-kill. Okay, here we go. Sudden death. Sudden death. If you get this right, you pass the first round. People are going to roast me because I said Fennec Shan. It's just the only If you fail this round, you have to wait... Another episode. A while. Oh, a while. Before starting the gauntlet so again. stupid. Dumb. Okay. <laughs> this movie's so ass-cheeks, Eric. Like, they don't even say that character's name and you're like it has to pertain to attack of the clones it should probably pertain information that can be found within the attack of the clones i didn't i hated the fucking movie you think i'm gonna read the book where do you think they're gonna i'm gonna get that information go on the toys continue okay sudden death if you get this answer correct we all know what happens you pass round one of yeah, the gauntlet we know Amidala. It has been far too long. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. I feel like you don't want this. I I don't. (laughs) Okay, ready? I don't want it. It has been far too long, blank Kenobi. It has been far too long. Should I give him the multiple choice? Sure. Okay, multiple choice. Options are... Padme said that to... Yeah. Options are General Kenobi, Master Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Ben Kenobi. It's Master. Is that your final answer? Yeah. He's correct. I know. That would have been my guess. God. I I knew it was Master because I'm like, she doesn't call him Obi-Wan until episode three. She doesn't. So are you saying you want to do episode three trivia? Is that is that the next gauntlet? Is that no. phase two? No, it's Attack of the Clones again. It's all. Oh it's all Why Attack of the Clones. All atta- I'm gonna go home. You shouldn't have told me that. Okay. I'm about to I know hope you every. Do. F- thing I hope about- you do. Oh my god! That's the price. The fact that you're putting me through this that I have to go home and just tape my eyes open. The and only. Just, ah, the only reason. The only reason I'm doing Attack of the Clones is because you tried to say that I said. Attack of the Clones is a better movie than A New Hope. And that's not what I said. I said I would rather watch it. So because you said that, that, so because you said that, now you have to do Attack of the Clones trivia. This is just the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Hey, Mr. Joshua Rivers. Uh, So are we doing this on the next episode then? The Gauntlet number two? Maybe. We'll see. On Dragon Ball Z. So Gauntlet number two because it's all Attack of the Clones and you're going to go do all that research. Yeah. The next five questions are coming from me. That's so dumb. He's going to make them ridiculous. Like, <laughs> who what doesn't color watch was Star Wars? Obi-Wan's shoulder. Who doesn't watch Star Wars, doesn't know these questions or the answers. I'm just going to watch, you know, probably 20 minutes of the movie and pick out 
the most random five questions I can come up with. So I'm a suicide. I mean, your only, like your that. only, your only hope at this point is to watch Attack of the Clones so many times that you just forcefully enjoy it. I guess I'm gonna come in and give a script read on Attack of the Clones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe, maybe we can get like a score sheet here, and maybe what if we do this? What if we have like you got to get twenty points. And at the end of every episode, I ask you one, and you get like a golden star, and then we go, yay, and we clap. It should be that sound from Halo when you turn on Grunt Birthday Party and you shoot a grunt in the head. Hooray! Nobody, like nobody knows what that is. No, 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 no. We're not out of time after that one. Nobody knows what that is. That's one of the most played video games of all time. Halo? Halo. I'm talking about whatever you Zam Wessel ha- thing you just mentioned. Oh, Zam Wessel. Ha- I didn't read the books, dude. <laughs> Yo, you just Googled. Sorry, I questions. didn't watch the Peacock show or whatever that's no, on. No, they, they, where Halo. they show his butt because we got to see Master <laughs> that Chief's show is, butt. By the way, the Halo show is horrible. Do the outro. Before we get to the outro, what is one piece of advice you would give to aspiring filmmakers or current indep- independent filmmakers who are struggling with sound post production? Ask for help. Like from their mothers or who? If you're struggling with sound design or Foley or dialogue or whatever it is on your movie. Give up. Ask for help. Oh, okay. Go online. There's so many communities out there. Like Reddit. Shout out Reddit. But specifically... (laughs) (laughs) Specifically, you can... You can share what you're working on, you know, but you also have to be a little bit careful because when you enter a community, you also find a lot of snobs, unfortunately. The snobs. So if you're really struggling, go to a public forum, ask questions, and then take everything everyone says with a grain of salt. That's fair. I like that. Well, once again, thank you so much for deciding to spend uh, your morning, afternoon, evening with us on the Big Film Podcast. You got a lot of entertainment options out there. I'm very happy that you decided to choose to spend your time with us. I am Joshua Rivers. Across from me, as always, the host, Eric Gordonberg, the EGB. You can find him on his socials at Eric Gordonberg on any form of social media. Our producer and director, Michael, you can find him as well at Michael Darwinberg on all of his socials. And you can find me at Stop That Rivers on Instagram and TikTok. I don't have any content on there. Well, by the time this episode comes out, I might. I don't know. Probably not. I promise I'll get better at that. Thanks again for watching. We hope to see you next time.